many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. As Asia becomes the world epicenter of the healthcare industry, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Zoe, thank you for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. It's a pleasure, thank you for inviting me. Can you start off by just telling us the past 10 years of your career and where you're at today? Sure. So if I went 10 years ago, I was actually uh, training to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and okay. undertaking a PhD in lung cancer. Okay. Um, and I made a decision during that process that I actually was much more interested in how I could contribute to building the healthcare system, not just that one-on-one -on -one clinical interaction, mm. but how I could actually contribute positively to the whole healthcare system in Australia. So I chose to leave uh, cardiothoracic surgery and I went in to work as Deputy Director of Medical Services at Pied McCallum Cancer Centre. Okay. I undertook that role for a couple of years and during that period of time I had the opportunity to hear from Stuart Fletcher who was then the global CEO for Bupa okay. uh, at the World Cancer Leaders Forum. I was quite inspired by the vision he had about how his company would contribute to healthcare around the globe mm. uh, and so I approached him and um, had a bit of a chat to him and he introduced me to Dwayne Crombie who's the Managing Director in Australia of Bupa and so I actually ended up having an opportunity to work at Bupa and I I'm now Head of Public Health, so my role is a health system role. It's how do we envisage the, the health system of the future, mm. um, both public and private. Why is healthcare unique compared to you know, finance, professional services? People, you know, sometimes put healthcare, you know, just in the same box. Do you, do you believe it is truly unique and, and why is that? I think it's currently unique. I would question whether that's a good thing. Okay. Um, I think there are, so I've undertaken some work at Harvard, um, undertaken a course at Harvard Business School around value-based healthcare run by Michael Porter and Elizabeth Ticeberg. And they challenge that concept and actually say, really? one of the challenges we have in healthcare is it hasn't learned very much from business in the last 200 years. Mm. And rather than being strategically designed to deliver the outcomes that patients want, we've evolved responding to the immediate need without necessarily the long-term vision of mm. how we could improve those health outcomes. What about mentors? I've got heaps of them. Um, and I've always had lots of mentors. I don't, I've, I've been a big believer in one isn't enough because okay. I have different mentors for different skill sets. Makes sense. I, and, I, and I don't think it's fair to ask one person to do all that. Mm. And I move in and out of those relationships depending on the skill sets or the area of transition or what, I, what I'm deciding or seeking mentorship for. So my mentors range from professors of public health through to uh, ex-vice presidents of Mobile Oil globally. Okay. And, and the engagement with them has been absolutely crucial in making the decisions around what's the next step, when do I need to think about that, how do I think about skills gaps, um, you know, and how do I manage difficult situations in the workplace. Really interesting what you said there, and I'd, I'd like to press on it a little bit. Having mentors outside of healthcare, whether it's oil and gas, mining, banking, professional services, how, how do they advise you compared to people within healthcare? Is there a major difference or do you find it relatively the same? Um, I think there is a difference when you look at clinical mentors versus uh, business mentors. 
Um, of course, the actual sector is different, and so mm. some of the drivers are different, but human beings are human beings, and That's we right. organise no matter where we are in pretty similar fashions. Mm. Uh, and I think there's probably opportunities for, for example, health to learn from oil and gas, but vice versa. Um, and I think oil and gas have some incredible safety processes that, that we could have a lot. We obviously often look to the airline industry and healthcare around quality and safety. Um, but interestingly, I was having this conversation the other day with someone where they said, oh, well, the parallel for quality and safety in healthcare is the airline industry. Well, that's only if you're preventing the plane going down, is what mm. they're talking about. And I think one of the transitions we need to make in healthcare is to stop thinking about quality and safety as the absence of negative outcomes. So you had an operation and you didn't get an infection, that's good quality, and start to think about actually what health outcome, how did you want to improve your health outcome as a consequence? of that procedure. And that actually goes much more to how business thinks about its customers. Mm. And that's really, that's day-to-day business uh, or day-to-day customer experience in most businesses. And healthcare hasn't got there yet. That's very true. So I'm very interested in your thoughts on women in leadership and how healthcare is actually dealing with that at the moment. So, I mean, I think healthcare is making some great strides. We have some fantastic female leaders, but I think it's really important for us to stay mindful of some of the dynamics we know around gender in the workforce. Okay. We know that women tend to apply for jobs that are below their capability and that men tend to apply for those potentially above their mm-hmm. capability. And this, of course, affects pay grades and superannuation and all the other issues that we see that are very topical in the media. So my understanding of uh, Google and the machine learning that it uses to target ads is that if it, if it understands that the user is female, it will actually throw up ads that are below the pay grade that okay. she would need. And if it understands that the user is male, it will actually throw up jobs above the pay grade that is able to understand from the search histories. That's very, very interesting. And do you think the healthcare market is providing enough opportunities females in leadership? I think we can always provide more and I think it's really important to be mindful of uh, the biases that we have in, in looking for leaders and looking for executives. We've got to be mindful of exactly the behaviours that women do as well. Mm. So we need the leaders in healthcare to be tapping women on the shoulder when they see bright, intelligent, capable young women to ensure that we start to address those biases. And what about your career in one word? Collaboration. Excellent. We'll end it there. Zoe, thank you very much for spending time with C-Suite Partners in the boardroom.